This week's Major Spoilers Podcast Saturday Weekendy Type Edition is brought to you by Robert Edwards, who I believe was also secretly the sentry with the power of a million exploding suns at his fingertips. Probably not. But in any case, we appreciate all the spoilerites, and this one goes out to you. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, podcast, The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad you could join us for some discussion-y discussion, <laughs> off-the-cuff discussion, including this one. The cover doesn't match oh, the inside. Goes. Too many uh, times we see comic book covers uh, that allude to, that allure, that lure us in, that tempt us with the taste of major heroes or major villains ready to duke it out, only to open up the pages and find out that Nothing on the cover is represented on the inside of that mm. book. That is that is one of my pet peeves. And I'm going to call a company out, and I wouldn't normally do this, but Marvel is a huge offender in this, not only in that, but in the in completely incomprehensible glamour shots where five issues in a row of a book will be this, you know, this glamour shot of something that doesn't appear in the book mm-hmm. Ca- characters that don't appear in the book drawn by artists whose work is completely diametrically opposed to what you see yeah. in the book yeah you know that's i think i mentioned actually, that uh, when we were reviewing uh, queen yeah. country i had mentioned that i love mm-hmm. the darwin cook covers and thinking oh that's what we're going to get on the inside and then only to find out it wasn't kind of stuff yeah. But I mean, here's a good well, example. Here's a good example. A while ago, I read a Birds of Prey number one, and it's got this uh, yes. like five or six people, five or six uh, female characters on the cover, and only two or three of them are actually in the book. And I'm like, ooh, who's that? Who's that? There's, who's that? Yeah. Well, you're not going to find out in the first issue because they're not in the book. <laughs> and an example, and this is a lesser example, and I don't want to necessarily throw us off topic this early in the topic. No, that's fine. One example of a book that I love that does this to me, Morning Glories from Image. The interiors are by one artist who is really good, Yeah, Joe Eisma. The covers are done by a completely different artist. And those covers, as teaser material, are what initially got me into, you know, wanting to see this book. The cover images of, of Jade and, mm-hmm. and June and Ryan and, and Skippy and I don't know the Angela and Kim Possible, you know that's what made me want to read this book. So, mm-hmm. you know, to me, it's an example where yeah, they get away with it because the cover is kind of a, a, a separate interpretation. But even there, I'm, it irritates me. Matt or Rodrigo, does it bother you? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's. It's something that has always been around, pretty much, uh, except back way back in the day when that was the story. It's like it was clear that editors were just like, 
or, or writers were just like, here's a cover where Superman's arms have been replaced by octopus tentacles. Write a story around that crap. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, you did get what was on the cover. It was just awful. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> It, it, it was reaching. Awful. It, was, it was reaching at at points. You know, we won't we won't go into quality because some of this was hilarious. But uh, I mean, as a when I was just getting into comics, um, into buying comics with my own money, you know, I bought the the Beast Limited series and the floppies from the cover because I was like, oh, look at that art! It's awesome! And like Beast is like bouncing around and being like, whoop de doo, right? Yeah, right. not. Not the way that it's inside, and and the inside art is just as is is good, but that's not what I wanted, and and I was annoyed at it, and it's something that keeps happening. I mean, Marvel, you know, because I will just straight up shoot them down. Um, doesn't didn't Marvel go through this thing where they actually had characters who weren't even part of that stable of characters? Mm-hmm. Like, didn't wasn't there an Iron Man cover that just had well- like? the phoenix on it and like all the different costumes that phoenix has marvel has actually gotten in this thing where they'll do a variant cover theme so there was an iron man cover theme month where you buy like an avengers academy with an iron man but there was wolverine cover themed month where you could buy a copy of you know four with a wolverine variant cover right right you know, and they ship these things like one to 50 or one to 25 based on your order of the book. So let's say you're selling 20 copies of Avengers Academy. You don't get the one in 12, 25 Super Wolverine variant. So you got to buy extra copies of Avengers Academy so that you have the Wolverine variant to sell to your Wolverine. Fans. Let me ask you, let me ask you, that's, speaking of deviating brilliant. from, from, uh, topics from your septum. Yes. <sighs> Um, Matthew, how often do you guys at, at uh, Gatekeeper Comics and Hobbies, Huntoon Engage, Topeka, how often do you guys get into the variant cover game? Uh, define get into. Well, okay, so let's say let's say this. Um, I don't know. Let's uh, pick a popular p- title that sells well at uh, Gatekeeper, Justice League. Justice League okay. is going to have a 1 in 100 variant um, mm-hmm. to go along with this new relaunch, and it's going to be drawn by... Adam Hughes. And so it's a one in 100 right. variant. So there's going to be like 10,000 copies of it floating around. Do you guys go into that? Right. Because within I, reason, because I honestly know depends. There was a, I forget which one there, it was. Um, it may have been a birds of prey or maybe it wasn't an old justice league, but it was an Adam Hughes variant with black canary on the cover. And mm-hmm. sometimes People will, that I know, I used to request and sometimes still do through my guy, request that, hey, I want, in the Buffy issues, I want the one drawn by this person and not this person. Two variant covers. Right. Uh, But I know that some people will, some stores, will go ahead and order the 100 copies to get that uh, Black Canary variant, and then they'll put it up on the store shelves and sell it for 20 bucks as opposed to the Mm $3.99 or whatever the cover price is. Well... To some degree, that will happen. It depends on what type of variant it is. Marvel lately has been doing 50-50 variants. Yeah. Let's say that 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 Black Canary variant, I believe, was a 1 to 50 ratio. Okay. One copy of the Black Canary for every 50 copies of Justice League number three that you ordered. Now, it's going to come – right now, it's going to come down to two things. Um, Dion and the guys who do the ordering at Gatekeeper Hobbies on Tune Engage Topeka – 
they actually have to measure it. So like, for instance, a couple of weeks ago, they were doing the ordering and they're like, well, what about this? Well, I don't want to order that many. Well, Dusty, <laughs> who is the uh, head of uh, recruiting and marketing, Dusty's like, no, I want that one in 100 variant cover. We mm-hmm. have to order 100. Well, and, and the okay, other so, guys are like, no, we can't sell 100. And Dusty's like, I want that variant cover. But I'll he wants buy that 10 variant. extra. But he wants right. that variant, right? So, but so that's a good he question. To, he had to actually buy extra copies in order to make sure they had ah, enough okay. orders to get the variant. So that's a good question. What if you had somebody who routinely, Matthew, comes into your store every month and plops down 500 bucks a month on comics? And he comes in with his monthly order sheet and says, I want this Black Canary variant or this Wolverine variant or whatever it is. And you know that this is a good customer. I'm going to guess somebody who comes into your store and spends 500 a month is probably a good customer. Do you go ahead and say, well, let's go ahead and order those extra 40 so that... Jim Bob over there is is a happy customer and continues to spend fifty oh, bucks in the store. Yeah, he's nice yeah. too. Oh, That's Jimbo. good. He's rich and yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Forty. Forty is an awful lot. I, I, it's one of those moments where people come to me at work and they're they're like, uh, "Will you do an adjustment for nineteen dollars?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, I will." And they're like, "Well, how much is too much for you to to adjust?" I'm like, "I'm not going to tell you that." They don't necessarily have a solid number. For instance. Astonishing X-Men, which was, God, six years ago now, had a 1 in 100 variant. Right. We got one of those. It was on sale for $25. You know, it was something where they priced that book accordingly based on what they had to spend to get it. So let's ah. say the the Justice League variants um, from Justice League volume, the 2006 JLA. Right, right. With that Black Canary that you were discussing. Those variants were selling for about eight bucks on the Intar webs. And according to Huizard, which was still around at the time, right. those were, you know, $20, $25 comics. Yeah, because that's, that's what if somebody, uh, another store in Wichita that I went to, they were selling it for 20 bucks. I was like, I'm not buying that for 20 bucks just I, for that cover. I happen to know it's eight bucks because I have a big stack of them. And they, the big stack of them is now back in the cave in my storage area to be, you know, parsed out here and there as the old ones sell. Well, but so, okay, so what, the way you described it, though, is you bought the the bonus, uh, the extra issues of X-Men so that you could have that variant cover so the store could sell it to whoever wanted to play, pay the, the 15 20 whatever the price was the, the that, you guys, put, that right. you guys put on it. But again, Jim Bob comes right. in and says hey, I want to buy the, the variant cover or I want the variant cover in my order and he's not going to want to pay the 25 bucks, but he just wants that variant cover for the same cover right. price that he's been paying everything else. How do you guys work that? I'm just, I'm just curious myself. Um, in my experience, that doesn't happen. Ah, okay. Because of the, the basically, well, if, for instance, a variant cover comes in, say, 50-50, where you order 100 copies of a book and you get 50 of one and 50 of the other, that might happen. But Mm -hmm. if you have a variant cover like those 1 to 25s where you get that cover for every 25 issues sold, well, first of all, you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? For a while in the 2007, 2008, we were ordering 60 and 70 copies of Red Sonja to get all of the various Red Sonja Dynamite variant covers. Right. Well, and that was the problem with the 90s. That led... Well, and that's the thing that led to a lot of Red Sonja backstock, like literally half a long box 
of Red Sonia Backstock from 2006, 7, 8. So it's something where you have to hedge your bets. You have, just like anything else in terms of orders, you have to make that prediction. You have to say to yourself, can I sell 50 of these things? No. All right. If I sell one of those alternates at $25, does it offset buying 50 of whatever that other thing was at whatever our cost point is? Because obviously when you're buying, you're not paying retail costs for books when you're, you know, a distributor. Right, right, right. A you get a percentage of that. So, right. Whatever percentage you pay, let's say that $25 that you're going to sell that one variant for is going to offset the price of buying 20 copies, 20 extra copies. You know, it's, it's that balance. It's that risk reward of, you know, the same argument of my Deadpool number one will cost me $25 to have it slabbed and graded. But if it comes back in a high enough grade, it could get me much more than $25 more than the price of an unslabbed copy of the same book. Risk reward. You look at, am I able to sell 50 copies of Justice League three? No. Okay. Am I going to make sufficient profit off that variant cover to offset buying 50 copies of Justice League 3? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to have Justice League 3 in my overhead. Or if no, you don't think you're going to make that money, then you don't make the order. And they're actually really good. A lot of their guesstimates and a lot of their, you know, they've gotten to a rhythm as far as the four guys who do our combined ordering process. They get to the point where they they err mostly on the side of cautious optimism, and very seldom do we get stuck with you know a big mess of alternate covers or something that nobody wants. Do they go by gut, or Sometimes do they have a spreadsheet that uh, that they calculate and run the numbers and go, "Here's how much well, we have to sell." There's four. And- there's four of them, so they actually go by you know majority rule because. Um, well, we have, of course, our, our legal department, who is uh, one of the owners. We have uh, the uh, marketing department, as I mentioned, Dusty. We have uh, the overhead as far as the uh, human resources. That's Dion. And then we have Jim, who manages the store and manages the thing. So it really comes down to Jim says, well, let's buy 20 of those. And then Craig says, no, nah, we can't sell 20. We only sold 10 of these. And Dusty says, you want to call it 12 and a half? And Dion is like, now nah, let's call it 15. So they definitely have a spreadsheet and they they follow up on what we sell and how many of them we sell. But then they also just kind of go like, say, with the DC number ones, we took a flyer on uh-huh. all of them, uh-huh. underordered all of them. Even after taking taking that leap of faith, we underordered all of the number ones. So it, it came did, down to a point where I was going to say, how did you do on the number twos? Um, the last time I was in the store was Sunday. We had number twos for, uh, OMAC, Demon Knights, and something else. We didn't have a lot of number twos. We ordered almost as many of most of the twos. Mm. Certain books we didn't order near as many of. Mr. Terrific and OMAC notably had a pretty steep drop between one and two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Rodrigo, are you at all interested in the variant cover? Are you interested in the Gen 13 where... Caitlin Fairchild has her arms up and somebody's grabbing her her breasts a la the Janet Jackson cover. Um well <laughs> I I'm, I might be interested in that one specifically. But Man, that was a hard uh, one to get. Yeah. 
Well, um, there were 13 variants of that I know. particular issue. And that one, I think, was I think it escalated, didn't it? I mean, it wasn't like a uh, one in one, you know, one to one ratio of right. all of those. It was like if you wanted to get that 13th one, you had to order like a thousand copies or something like that. I don't know if it was that money, but uh, it, but it was a large amount that it made it a very rare cover to get. Yeah. Those are grunge's hands, by the way. And yes. if you look closely, there's they are disembodied grunge hands. Yes. Because there's yeah. no way in hell that yes. grunge is actually behind Standing her. behind her, yeah. There's no way. He was photoshopped out of the picture. <laughs> Rodrigo, what about variants for you? Um... I've never really cared if given the option, like if it is like you can get this cover or this cover for the same price. I, I guess I do like getting to pick, but, you know, most of the time I don't I don't really care. You know, uh, I know that uh, Darkwing Duck was spoofing old old comic covers right. when it uh, was first coming out. That was fun. But if I had to pay, you know. Two, five, ten, fifteen, thirty-seven, forty-five more dollars for it. I probably wouldn't. Yeah. Now I had a situation in when they relaunched JSA in two thousand eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. I had an irritant because they had the wrong thing as the variant. Dale mm. Eaglesham was doing the interiors. Eaglesham's issues, Eaglesham's covers were the variants. The uh, but ugly, but ugly, Alex Ross, black background, highly overlit, photorealistic crap were the primary covers. I did tell us how you really feel about uh, Alex Ross. I don't have a problem with Alex Ross. Those covers were awful. Oh, okay. They were awful. Oh, that's the one with uh, Commander Steel and his amazing shrinking wiener. Right. There were like seven or eight of them where it's just superheroes on a black background yeah they're poster shots you yeah. know and they weren't even poster shots that were germane to the issue at hand uh sandman or sand the new sandman sandy mm-hmm. the golden boy was on the cover of an issue where he didn't even appear so it was something where i wanted the dale eagle sham covers that had some passing you know right, resemblance right. to what was inside the book well, does it so do I mean, let's let's uh, take a look at that Buffy uh, example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy ships, I think, 50 50 uh, on those, don't they? Uh, which one? Uh, the, the new Buffy series that comes out from Dark Horse. They usually have. two. Oh, covers. yeah. The Buffy variants are usually 50 yeah. 50. Do you care on that? Do you say, hey, I want cover A or cover B or does it not matter to you? Or I mean, on the one it hand, you're saying on which cover. Yeah. Uh, it depends on which one I like. I don't like necessarily want. I'd almost never want both because I'm not that right, guy. right, 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 right. But the, you look at that and you're like, one is more attractive than others, and especially right. with those Buffy covers, I found myself leaning towards the painted covers mm-hmm. rather than the ones done by by the Georges Gentil. Yeah, because those painted covers had kind of a you know a gravitas to them, mm-hmm. a, a, an Alex you know an Alex Ross kind of feel or. It's, uh, look, Joss Whedon is awesome. Let's all love Joss Whedon together. Look, we painted his characters. Right. So I preferred those painted covers, but those weren't always available. And honestly, some of them weren't attractive. But did you go and say, hey, I specifically want those covers when you placed your order? Or did you just hope that that was the one that came in and you no. could get to get it on the rack faster? 
I work at the store, so I very seldom have the issue where I can't get a specific version of a cover that I want, so long as it's okay. not like a one in a hundred variant. Okay. But um, I know that if I were ordering the books, well, a lot of times, especially in the Buffy, I don't believe Dark Horse actually solicits both covers, do they? In the they do. They do in the previews. They say cover A is the the Gentile or whatever the person's name is, and the other one is the other Jean artist. Pet. Yeah, and actually in the right. in the previews, when you're ordering the preview code, there's one for the A cover and one for the B cover. There you go. And I'm, I'll admit, I'm, I'm one of those people that will, yeah, I'm one of those people that will go in and if I see the variant and I know that it's a 50, 50 and I know it's fairly easy for me to get, then I'll order, I'll say, Hey, I specifically want this cover a version and I'll find the code for it and send it to my guy and he'll take care of it. Um, so, but going back to the cover doesn't match the, the inside variant covers kind of throw that. That argument out the window, though, don't they, Matthew? I mean, if you want the variant, well, then it doesn't matter what's inside. Can't. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Well, it depends on what it is, I guess. Oh, no, if, no, for no, instance, no. Yes. <laughs> shut up. If, for instance, like, say those Wolverine variants where it's like, right. you know, collect them all by the whole set. It's the equivalent of when DC put rings in their comics. I didn't want to buy Rebels number Bloody Blue. But I sure did want that purple ring that came yeah. with it. So yeah. I bought two copies of Rebels number Bloody Blue to have a purple ring. So, do, I mean, do those it's, gimmicks it's work? a sales thing. Do those gimmicks work? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know they're I bought them all. Forever, and they're certainly not eternal, but yeah, they definitely work. Um, recently, I believe Legion something number one yeah, was had, supposed to come with you know, a Legion flight. I didn't get my Legion flight ring, and I know that the that Neither my guy I. ordered a lot of those. That was just supposed to be thrown in. Uh, did they not ship them? I'm pretty sure they shipped them. Did your store I don't order know. them? I actually haven't asked about that. Uh, I was not in the loop on that particular one. I forgot all about the Legion flight rings because I thought they were going to come with Legion one. Well, I, I think, think I think it was one of those options. I'd have to well. go back and look, but I'm pretty sure it was buy a bag of a hundred for like five cents a piece or something. If you ordered however many, I believe copies it was buy Legion. a bag of a hundred for eight dollars if you order X number of copies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Origin number. Hmm. Do those premiums, Rodrigo, work on you? Probably not. Nope. No. I mean, if I you had the income, have any money if, if you had the income, if you didn't uh, owe to Northwestern. Which reminds me, I've got a question from a listener. If you didn't owe to Northwestern okay. <laughs> and PBS wasn't uh, constantly saying, Rodrigo, this quarter hasn't been that great. We're going to have to cut your uh, <clears throat> travel again. You're going to have yeah. to start paying for that yourself. Uh, I need you to drive to Arkansas this weekend. Uh, I need to come in on the weekend and uh, drive to Arkansas. <laughs> um, I haven't had to drive all the way to Arkansas yet, but. I'm sure yeah, it's coming okay. eventually. Hey, Pittsburgh, yeah, Kansas, eventually. pretty darn close. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, temperature is uh, 69 <laughs> degrees. Uh, <laughs> Michael doesn't listen to this show, does he? <laughs> um, he might have to start. <laughs> at, at least he doesn't admit to listen to it. Um, <laughs> but if he started listening to it, then I'd have something on him. So I think it evens out. Anyway. Um, you know, I'm not really a collector, so no, that's that stuff really doesn't work on me. You know, I saw the rings and I was what like, you "Ooh, the rings are cool." 
What but, if you got a pair of PVC maggots with a particular issue? Would you buy that? Um, I, if I could and a send little maybe, booklet on Praetorian slang, uh, so that you, you know, <laughs> it, it it might it might have to be it would have to be something that was very specific, um, and that I thought was cool. Like you know, maybe if I bought a super duper new issue of Doctor Who and I got a little sonic screwdriver to go with it, like a sonic screwdriver keychain. Let uh-huh. me think about that. Have you um, seen these? I, I know Matthew'd go, I, but probably not usually for you, Rodrigo. I, and and I am not not into collecting the whole set. I mean, just recently, you know, the the uh, for Magic, uh, you can buy these things called fat packs, which have like eight or nine packs of cards. Hey. Um, <laughs> we prefer the term gravitationally enhanced. Right, gravitationally enhanced packs. Um, and along with them, you get a bunch of lands and a die. And the die is specific to the set. It has the symbol of the set in place of the 20. It's a, it's oh, yeah, a D20. Yeah. And it has the set symbol in there. So I thought, you know, uh, there's I'm not terribly uh, impressed with the current set. So I was like, well, at least I'll buy a fat pack. That way I'll get the die and the lands. And I can do that. But I ended up, you know getting a hold of cards uh in a different way and i feel now that i have some of the cards i like i feel no compulsion like i i don't have a complete set of magic the gathering spin downs so having one other one missing from my collection is not going to kill me i'm probably just not going to buy it matthew have you seen these uh magazines i know the previews has them the one i'm looking at right now is from the latest previews i know they have them for like dc and marvel but the star wars figurine collection magazine it's got a magazine that talks yeah. about the the characters, and then included is like a lead. I don't know how how big, like probably three inches high lead figure. Like three three and a quarter. Is that what it is? A lead figure. Yeah, yeah they that's have the those weird thing for Marvel and DC characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking to see this one. At least I know that they were. Uh, let me find a talk about those, Matthew. And tell me if you've ever sold those in the store. I'll find the DC one yeah. because it does say like these are lead figurines. Yes, they are. Some of them are painted, but yeah, they're little lead figurines. Basically, what you do, I think you pay like fourteen ninety five or nine ninety five. Yeah, oh, here it is. Here it is. I found it. Uh, this is uh, page three nineteen of the current previews. DC Comics Superhero Collection Magazine, the ultimate collection of for comics fans. The DC Comics Superhero Collection brings together DC's greatest heroes and villains. Official figurines of the characters, both good and evil, are cast in lead individually hand-painted and numbered to form an authentic collector's edition. Each comes with a 20-page magazine providing detailed history and background on the featured characters, including exclusive images, interviews. Uh, choose this month from Ravager, uh, Ravager uh, Monel, and Static Shock. 14 bucks for a 16-page magazine and a little uh, three-and-three-quarter-inch figure, according to Matthew. You sell these, Matthew? Yep. The, uh, we the Marvel sell them one. to order. We don't, oh, we don't okay. order them and have them in the store. Okay. But- yeah, the people how, who want them, you can have them. How often do you, does that happen? I was just curious, because every time I see these, I'm just like, first of all, that's kind of cool, but then on the other hand, lead. Yeah. I would say that I've probably seen six or ten of those in the store off and on. Usually what you'll see is a fan of a particular character will order, say, like the Thor issue. Mm. Mm-hmm. But we have a couple of guys who want to, you know, who want to spend that money every month and have a big set. 
It's, I mean, it's something that you see, well, let's put it this way. We have a relatively small-ish store. We have maybe 100, 115 people on our regular pull list. I've seen it about 10 times in the last five years. You know, make of that what you will. Well, I, I just can't imagine that they sell. They're, they've got the Marvel one this month is the North Star and uh, whatever the brother-sister team is. They sell well enough to where they've been doing them for. Yeah, for a long what, time. Five, six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's an email from Jordan. It's kind of kind of Wait. kind of humorous. Uh, hello, my name is Jordan, and I had a non-comics related question for Rodrigo. <laughs> I understand that you went okay. to film school, and was wondering where you studied and where I might also study. I am currently a sophomore <laughs> in high school, but every significant adult around me. I, I only, and I'm not trying to make fun of Jordan, but if if you listen, Rodrigo said where he went to school, and, and of course, Matthew and I repeatedly Always. say where Rodrigo goes to school. Uh, but then if you also, well, a little, little, little bit later on here. I'm currently a sophomore in high school, and every significant adult around me is currently suggesting that I begin a plan for college, and I think it's a good idea, too. I'd like to understand what film school actually teaches you and what a degree would actually be classified as. I've never heard of anybody with a degree in film. I have a genuine interest in studying film, and although your job at PBS sounds riveting, I would also like to know what other career paths would be available if I attended film school. Well, and you then he says McDonald's. <laughs> and then he also says, if Stephen or Matthew have any knowledge of the matter, their input is welcome as well. Which is the part we that made me laugh the hardest. Uh, our degree, Matthew, is radio, TV, and film. <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> All right, Rodrigo, we're going to let you we answer the story. Well, hey, All I right. took many of them. So, class. yes. Let, let's see. Uh, first off, yes, I went to film school. Uh, second, I went to Northwestern University. Where might that be located? Uh, which is in is Illinois. Somewhere? Oh, Illinois. Far is, that, uh, is that near Huntoon and Gage, Topeka? <laughs> um, Northwestern University was in the northwest of the United <laughs> States when it was created right which is now <laughs> illinois so that lets you know about how old the school is yes very old school um, very beautiful school yeah it's it's a really pretty campus you know uh, the city of evanston is a very nice place although it's expensive and weirdly quirky for example you can't uh ride your bikes on the streets or you get penalized uh the zoning laws make it so that you can't physically have a bowling alley in the city, it is illegal to bowl because the, the, the zoning required for a bowling alley doesn't manifest anywhere in the township. Oh, I that thought it was going to be because the, the chief yep. rival was Bowling Green or something. No, no. Yep, no smoking um, in bars and soon no drinking and no talking. Right. Um, it's a, uh, I, I, and this shows you how much I know about football. I'm pretty sure it's a Big Ten school. Um, but that doesn't terribly matter. Uh, what film class teaches you or film school teaches you is kind of what you want to focus on when you get out. So you try to find the classes that are going to focus on the things that you're interested in. So you start taking uh, theory classes and production classes. And pretty soon you will know, man, I'm sure I'm crap with a camera, but I can edit pretty well. Or I sure I'm crap at editing and shooting, but I can write pretty well. Or I sure I'm crap at all those things. Maybe I can handle the money. 
Maybe I can um, be a producer. Or maybe you're yeah. good at all those things and you still want to handle the money. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, I have... It's funny because the group of people that I actually hung out with and, and did a lot of my movies with, none of them are actually literally working in film now, but they did learn valuable skills from film school. Right. Um, you know, uh, I ha- I know a guy who's in media streaming. I know somebody who does basically all of the, um, like arranges for all of the uh, kind of outside stuff like booking studios catering mm-hmm. all that other stuff for a couple of major photography studios you know and and things like that so you know even if you don't go directly into being a, a kick-ass director um or directing the new kick-ass you can actually you know make a career out of film school and right. you won't necessarily end up at the mcdonald's no. uh, although that Anyhow. certainly could happen the economy is awful uh, I've never um, actually heard of somebody uh, with a degree in film. Maybe you've heard of people like Steven Spielberg or George Lucas or Kevin uh, Smith or Martin, uh, Scors- Martin Scorsese. Uh, All of those people have degrees or in everyone film. on this show. Yes. yes, or everyone on this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to know what other kind of career Scratch paths might be available. Graduate and find a- well, call centers are always hiring. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Okay. Um, if Stephen or Matthew have any knowledge of the matter, their input is welcome to. Okay. Uh, Matthew and I did not attend Northwestern, nor did we attend USC or UCLA or any of the other number big film okay. schools, NY- NYC Film Academy. Uh, we didn't go to Full Sail. Uh, in fact, Full Sail didn't even start until two years after we graduated. Um, but we do have a background. Sure. We did go to a small school that has and still does radio tv and film um what can you do with a degree in film and again this is this is the advice that i or this is something that i tell a lot of students uh that come in prospective students that say well i want to work in film but you guys don't have film and i'm like you know what you're right we don't have film in this department anymore and do you know why because kodak doesn't make film anymore all of the major camera manufacturers now do everything digitally. You've got the new uh, Canon C300, which comes out in a few weeks. You've got the Red Scarlet X. You've got Arri. You've got Sony. You've got all of these manufacturers uh, who have created specifically cameras designed to give you the highest possible digital image that you can. And so you don't use film. I was talking to a good friend of mine who I went to high school with. Um, he works in the quote unquote film industry. Most recently that I know of, he was working on 24 and he was lamenting the fact that he hasn't shot a project on film in a long time because everybody has moved to digital. Everybody has moved to digital. So don't worry about this word film. Think about things like media studies or you could say motion picture, I guess if you wanted to think of it that way, but you know what? You could come to a small school That's a really good small school and you could learn (laughs) editing from people who have edited in the industry and you could go out and you could get a job as an editor for film for wherever. I mean, there, I mean, and I'm not going to try to try to take anything away from, from Rodrigo and Northwestern, but uh, I had a student come in the other day, had a student come in the other day and he was like, well, I'm deciding I want to do something in 
in film. And I was kind of giving him the spiel about, well, film is is not dead, but you're not going to see too many people do it. In fact, one of our former students went to go teach at the New York Film Academy in the first three and a half years. All you work on is video. You don't even shoot film. And when you get into that final semester, your final film project may not even be your project. It may be a group project that you're working on with somebody else. The student was deciding whether to go to USC or to Fort Hayes State University. And uh, the USC yearly yearly fee was $65,000. USC is a good school. <laughs> but at Fort Hayes State University, which is also a very fine school, highly ranked, $65,000 would give you basically 10 years of schooling. A degree. <laughs> yeah, it would give you a degree, yes. Exactly. Uh, probably you could do Hell, probably you two. 65,000, we'll print no, 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 no. degrees. No, 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 no. 65,000 would get you probably three undergraduate and two master's degrees. For that same amount of money. Alphabetically. So I wouldn't worry about trying to get into the UCS, the UCLA's, the USC's, the, the Northwestern's, the New York Film Academy's, the Full Sales, etc. Uh, they are well known and they do have some fantastic instructors. Before the show today, Rodrigo and I were talking about many of the instructors that Rodrigo had in class. Uh, but there are also some smaller schools out there that specialize in film uh, that will specialize in media studies. And really, there's not much of a difference. I mean... People are going to say, well, there's a huge difference between shooting a video for PBS and shooting a motion picture. Well, I'm going to bet you still need to understand lighting and you still need to understand composition and you still need to know, uh, you know, pacing and timing and writing and all of that kind of stuff that you could pretty much learn anywhere. Right. Am I am I am I wrong there, Rodrigo? Um, I don't I don't think you're wrong. Uh, certainly, uh, I think basically what it comes down to is. Um, you know, you can you can learn film, and and by film I do mean basically when I say film I do mean video because everything is shot <laughs> on video. But right. there is film style writing, uh, film style editing, and things like that as opposed to say you know documentary or news, which is right. a lot of the journalism schools will teach you news shooting and right. news editing and things like that. That is uh, tonally different. Mechanically, it's the same, right? Uh, in a lot of ways, um, you can learn that at a variety of different levels for a variety of different prices. More prestigious schools like your NYU, your USC, uh, your—I um, don't know what else—someone uh, else that has a good film program. That school, um, your Northwesterns. Yeah, you have that going for you. You have that prestige. Mm -hmm. um, you have and that the connection. The horrible mob-like group of alumni that are looking to get more alumni into uh, into positions uh, around them. Right. Um, so you do have to decide, you know, I mean, my parents didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of money. But we decided to basically shoot for the stars and see where I landed. Um, hilariously, I got, I actually... I was shooting for NYU. I got into NYU and we literally could not afford it. Mm -hmm. Like it was so expensive. Their financial aid was not as good. We could not afford it. And I ended up going to Northwestern. I'm glad I did. I actually enjoyed my time at Northwestern a lot. Um, not necessarily because of school, but uh, although the school was fun too. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you just kind of have to decide how, how much that matters to you. 
how much that prestige matters to you, how much that the sort of head start that people say, oh, blah, 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 blah. this kid went to NYU. Right. Um, right. Kind of thing. Some of those things may get that door open for you. those practical skills. Yeah. yeah. And certainly the alumni Some, and, and association. And how much it matters to get those practicals. Yeah. Right. And and then there's those those real practical skills, which you can learn at a much smaller school for a much more affordable price. And mm-hmm. then you can pull that upset of ending up working with a guy who did go to NYU and your <laughs> student loans are going to be paid, yeah. you know, six years, 60 years from now, sooner. Yes. than than his kids are going to finish paying his student loans. Mm-hmm. I guess, uh, you know, I, uh, money kind of does become a big issue. I mean, you said you got into NYC. I got into USC. Uh, Matthew got into uh, Juilliard. Uh, you know, that's not college, but I mean, that's a prestigious school. Um, but it kind of boils down to boils down to money and how much does it cost? And again, when I got into USC, I was super excited. And then they said, Hey, your first year is going to be $40,000. You need to pay $20,000 of it right now. My parents are like, I think you need to be Mm -hmm. looking at somewhere else. And, um, and sure enough, Fort Hayes state popped up in my radar. And I said, Hey, what's his name? The, the detective writer, he went there, Mike Hammer. He went there. I can go there too. Mickey Spillane. Mickey Spillane. Mike Hammer is a fictional, <laughs> fictional character. Oh, speaking oh, of fictional that's, characters, hey, that's what got don't me forget. excited about Kansas. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go live where uh, Superman and Dorothy Gale and Bob Dole come from. My favorite fictional characters. <laughs> <laughs> Arlen Specter. Remember the time that Arlen Specter grew really huge and held the Earths apart in uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths? That, that, that was, was awesome. that was my favorite. Well, Jordan, I don't know if that gave you any inf- uh, any information. You can certainly get a lot of jobs it probably in all didn't. aspects of the industry. I mean, just turn on TV, go to a movie theater. People are doing that stuff. Now, does that mean you have to have a degree? My friend yeah. Jeff, who's been working in the industry for 20 plus years, never completed uh, a degree at, at KU uh, and instead decided to just jump in feet first and start working. So, it, that Probably said, though, a lot of places, especially if you end up working in TV, yeah, a lot of places will just basically eject your resume into the stratosphere if you don't have a college degree. The You're going to need a college degree, degree of some sort. The undergraduate yeah. degree is really important. I, I, and I know a lot of high yeah. schools have video programs, and some of them are very good programs. Uh, but I've held workshops for uh, teachers who teach video production. Um, and they come and it's just like, I'm amazed at how much they're not teaching students and how much they're teaching wrong. So that when students come and say, yeah, I did video production in my high school. I'm like, good, forget all of that because now we're going to teach you the right way to do it. And, um, and they come out and they're just like, wow, I just, I didn't know. So college is very important. Right. Even if you do that work, like Allison. (laughs) And, and college, you know, it used to be that you could get a job with a high school education, yeah. Like a, a good job, you know, you could be uh, president okay, of IBM. Uh, I don't mean to. Right, right, right. I mean, you could get management jobs with a high school education. You can't do that anymore. You know, you can't get a, uh, you can land a video production job without, without a college degree. If you know people, if you end up mm-hmm. at the right place at the right time. Um, right. And I've met people who are like that, but really they're the exception. Like a lot, you need, like, even if you walk in with an accounting degree, they'll at least say, well, at least he went to college. Let's right. give him a camera and see what he can do. You know, like you need some sort of college. Definitely. 
Matthew, do you want to weigh in on anything? I would. Well, I will say this. I work in a call center with uh, strippers and fry cooks and, you know, the occasional meth addict. And even there, you know, they recently put up a posting for my job and they're like, this pays 37000 a year. I'm like, great. Where do I sign up? <laughs> but I, uh, I went through this whole process and they're like, uh, you know, a bachelor's degree preferred. Well, nobody applied because nobody who worked in there had one. And we were in a meeting today and somebody was just like, well, what does it mean when this? I'm like, it means you have 12 surveys. Well, how do you know? Because numerically speaking, the only way that you're going to get the result that you're getting means that you have 12 surveys. Because if you have 12 surveys and you have three no's, it's the same as having one out of four. And I'm doing this stuff and, and my boss is just like, why do you do that? And I'm like, this, this is that bachelor's degree that you seem to think that everybody here should have that I'm the only one who does. So this is why I do this. So sure. I will say to you that even in my setting, even dealing with the strippers and the meth addicts and the occasional fry cook, we are dealing with concepts and we're dealing with situations where, yeah, Part of the reason that I've had this job as long as I have without getting fired out of a cannon or, you know, sent down the river is the fact that I do, in fact, have, you know, postgraduate education. And I can remind people that I have postgraduate education and they seem to be intimidated by it. Well, and, you know, part of the thing about going to college <laughs> is not the classes that you sit in. It's the people that you meet and the life experiences that yes. you get outside of class right. and the sandwiches. Don't if it wasn't for college, Matthew and I wouldn't be sitting here now bickering at each other across the entire webs. And Rodrigo and probably wouldn't be sitting here either. Yourself whether that's a good thing. <laughs> Rodrigo probably I mean, wouldn't be sitting here either because Brian, yeah. Scroll Brian, yeah. is who introduced me to Rodrigo. So it's, uh -huh. yeah. you know, and Scroll Brian has some lifelong benefits. Yes, if twice, it weren't actually. for college... I would probably be a masked professional wrestler. Uh, Steven would be somewhere in pornography, be probably born, working yeah. alongside Ron Jeremy. <laughs> and uh, I believe you know, lately, Rodrigo you probably would even probably the two of us be apart. somewhere teaching. Uh, you, know, if, Rod, you know, Rodrigo actually, would be... Um, do you remember Rodrigo would be able to teach without a... Uh... Do you remember yes. Judd Hirsch's character in Taxi? That is a literature Rodrigo degree, an English degree. He's got an English degree, right? <laughs> Either him or Latka. Yeah. Because I can Who see does? Rodrigo rebuilding cabs. Thank Jed you very much. Uh, um, I would, I, I think if I hadn't gone to college and, and, you know, if college had just been shut down for my family, we probably would have done that thing that my parents have always wanted to do and just opened a restaurant. Oh, yeah. there you go. What would they make? There you go. Um, I don't know. My parents are actually, my parents certainly went to college and they're pretty smart. So they're the sort of people who would do a market study to see what was around. <laughs> and then they'd Pizza be like, burger. oh, well, we're all Mexican, but there are no Vietnamese places around here. So we're opening a <laughs> Vietnamese place. You, you laugh, Matthew, but the, uh, Vietnamese. you laugh, Matthew, but the, uh, the Volga German place that sells beer ox and bratwurst here in town is actually owned by a, a Vietnamese couple. So, yep. You know, the uh, Chinese, no Chinese place, the Chinese place in uh, the mall in Hayes for the longest time was about probably 10% Chinese and 90% yep. Hispanic people working there. 
Yep. It's like, you know, you just make what you need to make. It's like people like B-Rogs. We'll throw a little kimchi in with the deal. It's going to be great. Yep. Well, Jordan, I don't know if that uh, helped you out at all. But again, I congratulate you it for being a sophomore in high school and thinking about your future today. Yeah, man. Yeah, because, you know, when I was a sophomore in high school, the only things I was interested in were probably Mary Lou Henner's breasts and issues of Marvel Universe. Okay. I think we are out of time, to be honest with you. <laughs> Sorry, Mary Lou Henner's breasts. We'll have you back next week. <laughs> we might. We might. We might. All right, listeners, if you have a question or comment, just contact us at podcast at majorspoilers.com. Don't forget, we've got another show called Top 5 that comes out every other week. In fact, the new one should come out on Monday where we talk about Top 5 fictional villains. Be on the lookout for that. You can subscribe to that in the uh, Major Spoilers uh, feed, RSS feed, iTunes. You can find it all over the place. And next week, we will be talking about Mr. Murder is Dead. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com, and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers, and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. Bad the X-ray vision of a Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew They kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine Be in the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers is copyright 2011